<clears throat> the voice isn't quite up to par. It's been a week of NyQuil, DayQuil, Hulls, Alka-Seltzer, night and day, coughing and all that stuff. So it sounds like some of you have the same, <clears throat> but that's the way it's been. So if my voice cracks or makes me sound like a girl, I apologize for it or sound like a frog at the moment. <clears throat> okay. I take th these moments right now very seriously. They're very frightening to stand up here and declare God's word or the mind of God towards his people. Those who've walked with the Lord for years and maybe those who've just decided to come here today. <clears throat> God warns about taking care of his people. Um, so it's, it's not a light thing to present the word of God. And at times, uh, doing that, I always go back to wanting to make sure uh, where you are. You see, we live in such an unusual time now. A time that I never thought I would see in my lifetime. A time truly where truth has fallen. It says it in Isaiah 59. Truth has fallen. People lie all the time. They lie on stand. They lie under oath. Our elected officials lie right in the face of the people of America. We can't trust anybody anymore. It doesn't seem to be any absolutes or boundaries anymore in our nation. Morality, it's gone. It's absolutely gone. Fathers, families, almost destroyed. Human life is not even valued. And deception is everywhere. It is. It's just everywhere. And it's in the gospel. And it's in the house of God. And it's behind pulpits. And it's sitting in pews. We have been warned by the word of God over and over and over. And that's what I'd like to just we're going to clear up some things this morning. Matthew 24, 4 tells us this. Jesus answered and said unto them, that's you and I, we are the them, take heed that no man deceive you. Now I am a man, and I can be deceiving you right now. Your Geiger counter is the word of God. It will sniff out deception. Anything contrary to the Word of God, it ought to go off. <clears throat> so God tells us in Ephesians 5, 6, Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Vain words, empty words, words with no power, words with no effect, not the gospel words. 1 Corinthians 3.18 tells us, Let no man deceive himself. That's the one I fear the most. Myself. Let no man deceive himself. If any among you seemeth to be wise in this world, the world's ways, the world's thinking, the world's knowledge, the world's gospel, let him become a fool that he may be wise. In other words, run from the world and its doctrines and gospel and morality. Run from it. 
Now, almost two years ago, I preached a message called Five Friends. I don't know if you remember them, if the title clicks in you or not, but Five Friends, and their names were, number one was Faint Heart, number two was Selfish, number three was Independent, number four was Deceived, and number five was Charity. Those were the friends' names. And the idea of the message was getting to heaven. And we called heaven Aphabel. It came from an audible book that I had come across that was given to me. And in this book, there are two other names I kind of want you to remember. The name Sages represents the Holy Ghost. You're going to hear a six-minute audio clip. That's why I'm telling you this. And the other name is King Jalen, which means all of us are going to stand before Almighty God. And in his book, they gave him the name King Jalen. Now, the name that we really got to zero in is on deceive, deception, because you and I are living in it. You're raising your children in it. You're shopping in it. We're celebrating Christmas and birthdays. We're coming to church in a dispensation of deception and you must have a clear mind and you must understand the word of God is the only compass that you can trust and now the word of God is under relentless attack like never before in America in America it's always been under attack but now it's come to America Play our, our CD starts with deceived, one of the friends, going before God. His life has died, and he's standing before God. <clears throat> Word of God says, As I liveth, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Every one of us are going to be standing before God. There's going to be no deception. There's going to be truth looking right into your face. No cute words, no cute looks, no pretty clothings, no extra makeup, no lots of money. <clears throat> Nothing is going to help it that day. So today, this morning, we're going to look at it. I'm going to give you raw truth. Um, in your face truth, so help me God to give you truth to make sure that you understand where you are and you're fine with it. There's a um, news show on TV called No Spin Zone, and that's what we're in here right now today. No spin on the gospel. No dummying it down, no watering it down. If you don't like it, I'm just sorry. That's just the way it is. We're going to look at what a Christian is. What a Christian is. Okay? In America, Christianity has been dummied down so bad. Very bad now. It just has. <clears throat> and, you know, um, I've made mention before about chocolate chip cookies. I like those. I like dipping them in milk. You used to have to break them in half to dip them in my milk. Now they just plop right in because they're so little. Price went up, the cookie went down, dummy down. Kind of a bummer, but all right, I can live with that. No big deal. 
Milkshakes, remember when they would make them with real milk, and there's some places you might still get them. Nowadays, they'll turn them upside down. They're thinking that's a compliment. Look, it's not coming out. Just a big glob, and they call that a milkshake. All right, all right. I guess I'll still taste good. I'll get by with it. Gospel being dummy down, we're talking about heaven or hell. We're not talking about a stupid little cookie or a smaller sandwich than it used to be. So please, you must give me your best ear and your good eye. This is the Word of God and the Word of God only. What a Christian is. Now I'm going to do some reading because it's just this important to make sure that everything is clear. No spin zone, no left this, no PC that, just the gospel by J.C. What a Christian is. A person could be born in a Christian country. America, supposed to be. Two Christian parents believe wholeheartedly that God exists and that Jesus is his son. Get highly involved in the work and the worship of local congreg in the worship of local congregation. Maybe prophesy, perform signs and wonders in the name of the Lord Jesus and not be a Christian. A Christian might do all these things, but so might a non-Christian. We're talking about deception now, and you have to cut it with a razor to know what's truth, because there's going to be lying wonders. If the Bible is our standard of deciding such things, which it is, it's the standard these matters of family background and line of work and performance is irrelevant. It's irrelevant in discerning the state of someone's relationship with God. Because we see false brethren transformed in angels of light in the Word of God. We need a clear definition of what a Christian is so that when you are called home, and you will be, you'll stand before God. And your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. In defining what a Christian is, now listen, I am not trying to answer the question of how to be saved. I'm not. Instead, I'm trying to say how we can recognize those who profess to be saved. You can recognize, according to the Word of God. In Acts 11, we read how the church in Antioch began. The writer Luke inserts this comment. The disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. So a Christian is a disciple. Disciple is a Christian. The words Christian and disciple mean exactly the same thing. Not going to church and not just saying, I believe in Jesus. Heaven and hell, it's real. That little insert of the CD had the impact of how real it will be. And I'm sure it is way short of what it will be. So the word Christian and disciple means exactly the same. The term Christian was invented apparently by the unbelievers in Antioch as a way of identifying the disciples. Oh, those Christians. It's not like that now. 
If we want a picture of what the disciples of Jesus is like, we need to look at the Gospels. We read of men and women who are willing to place careers, family, relationship, family relationships, social status on the line if only they can follow Christ. Compared to us, this is what we're doing. We're slapping the plumb line against us today. Together, they sit with him on the mountainside or walk with him through the marketplace, hanging on his every word, determined to obey him no matter what the cost. No matter who dies, no matter how they die, Let's look at a few of the times where God has laid out the basic definition of who a disciple is. Not what I think, but what the Word says. Remember, remember, we're looking uh, at how to identify whether a person really has entered into the obedient, obsessed, loving, indwelling, and therefore saving relationship with Christ. Or it's just had an emotional something or other. Or it's nice to do this. Jesus said this to his disciples. If anyone come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. God's defining what a disciple, what a Christian is. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? I've been around many deathbeds. And not one person who was dying and breathing their last, was concerned and worried about their new truck in the garage or all the things on the walls. Not one, not one said, please, wheel me out and let me see my truck. So what good is if you gain the whole world and you forfeit, forfeit your soul? Or what can a man give exchange for his soul? The word deny, deny themselves that phrase. Listen, this is a real Christian. Please, raw, no spin zone. You'll stand before God and be welcomed in if you listen with your good ear and good eye. The Bible says the Lord tells you to deny yourself because we're selfish. Deny yourselves. No longer live to please only yourself. It's so bad. As soon as somebody does something good, you're holding your wallet. What do you want? What's in it with you? What's up? Well, they're just trying to be nice. So wicked and so full of lies and deception and doggy dog and just moving and stepping on each other to get up. And Christ says, no, 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 my way is to deny all that. (laughs) And then he says to take up your cross. Listen, 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 America. 
enduring personal loss if Christ calls you to. Oh, he, he wouldn't do that. You've painted a Santa Claus Christ. He should be hanging on a cross in a red suit. He does call you sometimes. Many of the martyrs called died and they bled into the ground. See, you've dummied down that gospel so bad. It's just like, what? Take up your cross if you have to endure personal loss. If the boss shoves you aside because he can't, you don't drink, you don't cuss, and he picks the bum over you, so be it. Because he will. Because they cannot endure the light. So they'll pass you over. Take up the cross, endure personal loss. Whether through opposition of disappointment or pain or just flat out telling yourself, no, I'm not going to do that. And all your other so-so Christian friends, oh, go ahead, everybody drinks. No! Flat out telling yourself, no, I will not look, no! Take up your cross. Denying ourselves. Following means, following means not coming to church. Following means conforming to Jesus' life and teachings in a practical daily life, everyday life. I don't think we need to know Greek to understand this or speak Hebrew. Raw truth, no spin zone. Church should be a truth center where you can receive insight. Jesus was very consistent in his disciples and what a Christian is. Very consistent in his teaching. He says it again in Luke 14. He says, large crowds were traveling with Jesus. And turning to them, he said, large crowds, huge churches. Believe it or not, this is considered a big church in Zanesville. And he turns and he looks at you and I. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother and wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Just swallow hard. Gospel. Now, if you go, what? What's me to hate my children? Then you don't understand God. Then you don't know God. If that rouses you up. God is making a parallel to how much you love your children. It should look like hate and so much more that you love him. We put our children over everything. Over anything, anything. We could no longer even have teen youth ministry on Wednesday because the God of sports. We couldn't get a teen in the church. Now they've gone to Sunday stuff. So God says... And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Any of you who uh, does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple, God says. 
And you have to trust Almighty God to filter out what's not good and what you cannot keep. How you cannot act, what you cannot say, watch, where, do, think, whatever it is. He filters it out through this, and you have to absolutely trust Him. You cannot say, well, I'll just blank, do what I blank and want. No, you cannot. You cannot. Well, I am, but you cannot. <clears throat> look, look at me. I am Pastor Joe. I don't have an attitude today. I'm not angry at you. I'm angry at the enemy, at the devil who wants to destroy you, who wants you to become deceived, screaming, please, when there's no exit. My desire is because we're concerned and love you. And I know what you're being bombarded with in America and in the world, in the workplace, and TV gospel. <clears throat> Three times in a row, Jesus says, if anyone does not, he cannot be my disciple. He filled that blank with three absolute, mandatory, 100% accurate descriptions of a disciple. Fathers, plumb you, then plumb your wife, and plumb your children. That's love. All disciples put Jesus ahead of the desires and demands of family and of self. The big game's on tonight, so tape it. <clears throat> I mean, think of it. You tape it. You don't even miss it. And you still put it ahead. And I'm a sports person. All disciples choose to die, listen, to their own rights. You have no rights unless... You haven't sold them to Christ, and you've kept them. You mean I don't have no, ooh, never mind, not you. If I am sold, I have no rights. We have the old signboard out there. If the youth can't use it, we're going to see if we can sell it, make a few dollars, cover the cost of the new one. So I sell it to Pastor Chuck's church over there, Okay. Probably wouldn't do that. Probably give it to him. Don't tell him that. <laughs> Let's just say we sold it to him. And next Sunday, I go over there and start playing and tinkering with it. I mean, I lost my rights to it. It's his. He owns it. He paid for it. And if you're a true disciple, Christ paid for you with his blood. You have no rights. If he says, follow me, and this is how you follow me. He bought you. If I want to hang that soundboard I bought off of you and use it for target press, what are you talking about? I just had it repaired and clean. It'll work for years. If I want to shoot it and hack it, what's it to you? Here's your money for it. I bought it. I'll drive over it if I want to. Is it true? How come it's not true in Christianity with you and I? Now, I understand what I'm reading here going, holy mackerel, cross, die, no rights. Yeah, and I understand that you and I can't do this. But that's what it's set up to be. 
You and I can't do it, so we're totally dependent upon God and get our bread daily. But see, if you dummy down enough, then you don't have to do all that daily. <clears throat> and if you dummy it down long enough, and so many years down the road, then you and I still call this Christianity. And God's going, what? Yeah, even preachers. Pastors, theologians, all disciples hand over all they own, every resource, whether time, relationship, personal preferences, money, possession, goals, talents, not to the church, not to pastor, to Christ. God, if you can use anything, you can use me. Oh, wait, no, not that. Not that either. I have plans for that. <clears throat> no spin. Anyone who tries to add Jesus into the life they already have while maintaining their control of it is not a disciple and not a Christian. Please run to the altar if that's you. Please. You don't add Christ he is your life. You don't add him to things and try to fit him in and pencil him in here and mm, I can't, you know, they really need me. People who trust Jesus will do what he says. And then when you fail, and you will, then we repent, we get up, and we get right back to trusting him again. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Help me this time. <clears throat> to sum it up, the term Christian and disciple are two ways of saying the same thing. A genuine, saved person and authentic Christian will have the characteristics of the disciples Jesus taught and first followed him. That's where to be Christ-like, have the mind of Christ. Remember, remember who's the one I'm most afraid of? Myself! Because I could be sitting out there and saying, man, relax, what's the matter with you? I'm good. Me and Jesus are good. Do all that dumb stuff. <clears throat> Now listen to me, America, listen to me. Not over in China where they're running for their life. They know what being a true Christian is. They know what crying out to God is. You and I are in the land of deception. In the land of deception, so deceived that our own president is saying, you know, I don't think the Washington Redskins is a proper name. What are you talking about? Our nation's going to hell in a basket. You're talking about a football name. And he thinks it's something that should be brought to the... We are so fouled up. The church says, pastors have said, sheep have said to other sheep, just confess Jesus as Lord and you're saved. <clears throat> That's what man says. Christ says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> 
but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Just say he's Lord. Not everyone that says Lord. Oh, that scares me. Used to do that in the beginning days. Just pray, man. Just pray this. Just tell Jesus, sorry for your sins. Kneel at the altar. Maybe a tear or two. Maybe slobber and hanky, everything. And never see him again. I'd say, God, what? I don't understand. In my zeal, maybe not getting or understanding it. And it's like, it's a heart condition. It's not just words. Oh, just confess Jesus and you're in. God says, hey, not everyone that does that. Whoa, we've all done that. Better wonder, go back and how did you do it? And if you're not sure, this, I'm, I'm not playing games today. Tap your wife on the shoulder and say, am I safe? Because she remembers what you were. It should remember a dramatic turnaround. If you don't, you're afraid of the truth. Jesus said, you hate me because what? I tell you the truth. We don't want to hear the truth. <clears throat> so if you're like right now, you have issues that only God can fix. We say, just pray this prayer and it's done. You're in. He says, and he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. Not just say this prayer and you're in and you still do what you want and you're first and you're selfish and you're all this. God says, you got to deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. You see, we've dummied it so we've got millions who think they're saved. And are going to stand before God, and God's going to call them deceived. We say, just come to the altar, give the Lord a few minutes. Few minutes, I know you're busy. Christ says, strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able to. Oh, just a few minutes, say this prayer. Praise God. Welcome, brother. Am I not reading Scripture? Am I twisting Scripture? Strive to enter in. Because it's a battle. Because there's two of them that live in me. One wants nothing to do with God, and the other one wants to serve God. And the other one says, no! And I'm, yes! No! It's a striving. And I'll be saved 40 years next year, and that other character still has not died. In fact, he hasn't even gotten weak. It's in me, that lost person, that other one that has been dethroned. Strive. Oh, just come at the altar a few minutes. Can't you see our churches are deceived? Churches are cutting off all their extra services, other services. Some week, midweek services, some Sunday services, Sunday night services. And the Lord says, the Word of God says, when you see the time approaching, you need to even meet more together. And we're like, but it's a Sunday night, Wednesday night, Thursday prayer, Saturday night prayer, what? 
We're not getting it. You're not getting it. You're not getting it. I'm putting together another message. I bumped that back. That they are telling our military about inside threats. You know, you think of radical Islamists. No, they're putting Christian evangelicals on the list. They're putting you on the list in America. Luke 14.33 says, So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath cannot be my disciple. You can't be God's disciple. Forsaketh means to take leave of, to bid farewell to. See you, lifestyle! I ain't drinking, I ain't cussing, I ain't smoking anymore. I'm not looking at that crap. I'm not gambling anymore. See ya! Bid farewell! And you follow Christ! We have Christians that have all this stuff, all stuffed everything where they want. If they want to peek, they just peek. It's here. And it's okay now because we're living in an enlightened year. It's 2013. And, and so you just take all this various stuff with you, along with you, and say, See farewell. And you got it all still. And God says, you're not my disciple. He don't care how far you walk like that. When you stand before him, he's going to say, who are you? It's okay to do that. It's okay to do this. It's okay to divorce her, marry him. Forsake means to live, to leave, of, bid farewell to, renounce. Say goodbye to, Jesus is telling us, say goodbye to everything we have and entrusting him and him alone in his word. Truly, salvation is by grace through faith. I know that, I know that, I know that, I know that. We can't add nothing, 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 nothing to it. I know it. But it is the grace of God that teaches us to say no to ungodly lusts. It's not the grace of God that covers it with a cloak so you can continue to do it. It's the grace God enables you to say no, and I made it. And by the grace of God, you walk away from it. Never to do it again. Folks are insane. Insane. To live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. What a testimony. Where there's no absolutes, everything's insane, everything's crazy. Everybody's divorced. Everybody's living together, having babies. If I preach this in some churches, it would sound like Chinese. They'd be going, what? What's that mean? I don't understand what he's saying. How could he? What the heck? What's he talking about? I've been going kind of different and fast. I don't know if they've been going up there. 
Just look. I kind of crinkled them here. Take them, copy them. Look at all the scriptures yourself. And if you got it really, really bad, then you're not going to believe the Bible. Then we're done. Can't believe the Bible. Titus 2.11 says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, all humanity, everybody here. Teaching us. This is what it teaches us. The grace of God. What have, we, what have we turned the grace of God into? Saying prayer at the table. Who's saying grace? I mean, that was, I don't know if you guys heard that term, but we did all the time. What? No, the grace of God is poured out on you so you can supernaturally walk above all the filth of the world. And those who are lost in it saying, how can you say, let me tell you about Christ. And you throw them Christ. Grab it! And you pull them! And you tell them about the Lord! This grace, the Bible says, teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly. Where? In this present world. No spin zone. You know what's funny? I know that that's Bill O'Reilly's thing, no spin zone. He's like in his 11th, 12th, 13th year or something. He says, this is where you get the truth. And he has more people watching him than all the other channels. America wants the truth. They don't know what the truth is. Because you and I are walking this way. We're not soberly. We're drunk on fashion. We're drunk on movies. We're drunk on filth. We're drunk on booze. We're drunk on pornography. We're drunk on sports. We're drunk on ourselves. We're drunk on... They don't know what to look at. They don't know who to look at. Deny yourself and pick up the cross. <clears throat> we are quick to point out that there isn't a purgatory, especially us ex-Catholics. There isn't. There isn't a purgatory. But do carnal Christians go to carnal heaven? Don't quite make the holy heaven or the real heaven or the best heaven, but they go to carnal heaven. Don't really go to hell or the lake of fire, go to purgatory. Where's that at? Where is it? God's standards haven't changed. We've, so we've changed the gospel. Hebrews 12, 14 says, Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Holiness. No man will see Him. You can sing, you can preach, you can dance before the Lord, you can play an instrument. No holiness, you're not even going to see the Lord. Holiness means sanctification. you got to listen. Give me, you still give me your good air. Or have you stopped it up? Holiness means sanctification of heart and life consecration to set apart I'm God and God's alone I'm not going to let that filth be poured into me I'm not going to be spewing out profanities and filth I'm separated unto God 
Well, you know, the guy from Rusty Rooster that owns that bar, he called me, his piano didn't work. He said, I'll give you $1,000 if I could use your piano this week. Yeah, come and get it. This is consecrated, holy, dedicated to God in the house of God. Oh, you need a couple mics too so you can sing that honky-tonk stuff? Holy! Many, many tickle you farson was written on the wall when the heathens came in and started using the utensils and the various things that were sanctified for the house of God only. You have been measured and you have been found wanting. What's the most precious, precious instrument here? Here it is. The temple of God. You suck in this and you suck in that and that the world is trying to feed you and it's wisdom, it's doctrine, it's gospel, it's lifestyle, it's okay, politically correct, that's all right, don't say that, no absolutes, no, that's not true. Polluted. And what did God do to the one that permitted this pollution? He said, buddy, this day you're dead. You can read it. For the sake of time, we won't read it. Daniel 5, 1 through 6. Belshazzar. Remember him? Belshazzar. Ah, bring out those. Fill them up with booze. It's okay to drink. God killed them because he used instruments, vessels in the house of God to put booze. It's all right to drink, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Drank, and because they used the holy, sanctified vessels to God, he wrote many, many tips. A hand appeared and wrote on the wall, buddy, you're dead. And he dropped dead. Read it. But it's okay for you and I. Yeah, some chicken nuggets and fries, a little coleslaw, and yeah, a bud, Budweiser. It's okay. Well, look, there's uh, Bruce Christian over there. He has one. And there's Brother Ed Christian over there. And he has one. You might say, well, they didn't drop dead. Well, how's the move of God in America? How's church growth in America? <clears throat> I have to put a holes in. I'm sorry. So, that's called... I was going to go through all that and explain what the sin of sacrilege is, but that is. The stuff has been sanctified. What? No, you not? That you're the temple? You're the temple? And you defile yourself. You put in that show, that show, or this thing, or that music, or whatever. You know all the stuff. Sacrilege. We don't even look at that. How about even the, the house of God? Look, moms, dads, grab your little guy. I don't want him running all over this church. I don't want him running up over here. I don't let my own grandchildren do it. Get off! Well, you're just an old stick. No, this is the sanctuary. This is the house of God. Over there, someone could be coming to Christ. And over there, someone could be weeping. God says in Exodus 40, verse 9, 
And thou shalt take the anointing oil, anoint the tabernacle and all that is therein, and thou shalt hallow it and all the vessels thereof, and it shall be holy. I've done this. Hallow this altar. And thou shalt anoint the altar of the burnt offering and all the vessels and sanctify the altar, and it shall be an altar most holy. This is the truth. Happens a lot of time, maybe not every time. Sometimes you're not even in here. And that's just me by, me by myself. I'll just be like, and I'll be going, ooh, that just doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel right to be sitting up here. It just, it just to me, it's not right. I don't think, if you think that's stupid, I don't know. But I've walked up and down here and said, God, please, there'll be all kind of souls coming to this. Let them feel the presence of Almighty God, Lord. Let them come with the glory of God all over them. All the way I told Don when he built this church, give me the biggest altar we can have. Because churches don't have altar calls anymore. Amen. Bye. Amen. Bye. You tell us all this stuff and you just say goodbye. I've got to go down. I've got to say something. I've got to say, Lord, I love you. I love you. Okay. Truly last. Thou shalt make a plate of pure gold and grave upon it like the gravings of a signet holiness to the Lord. Remember, I had little headbands here and different things, murderer, rapist, I put them on. And God told the high priest, you put on the signet that says holiness to the Lord. And that's what you are. I was told someone was a Christian, talked to them not too long ago over a situation. <clears throat> said, yeah, I understand, man. I was furious. I was so blank and mad. That's the first time I really met the person. I just went away and went, oh, I was the chief of curse words. Don't tell me it's okay to curse. It did me no good. My ears rang out when I would slip and say the smallest little word. And I would grab them, not even know what was going on. So Pastor Bender said, I think God is letting you hear what it sounds like to his ears. Oh, it's okay. Thou shalt put it on a blue lace, and that it may be upon thy mitre, upon the forefront of thy mitre. It shall be, and it shall be upon Aaron's forehead, that Aaron may bear the iniquity of the holy things, which the children of Israel shall hallow in the holy gifts. And it shall be always upon his forehead, that they may be acceptable before the Lord, holiness to the Lord. God tells us in the New Testament, don't touch anything unclean, and I'll be your God. You touch it, I won't be your God. But when the roll is called up yonder, we're all on it, right? Okay, the great thing about today is, we all have opportunity to say, holy smokes, I better just make sure. This all today, I have no idea who's coming. Ain't hardly anybody here as far as I'm concerned. I love that you're here. Please remember that. But 
it should be packed. Packed to hear the truth. But today, I'm going to ask you to stand a little bit. <clears throat> you can come down here and say, God, I, I need to be adjusted, Lord. I'm too much in the world. You're to be the ark on top of the world, on top of the flood. When the water gets in the ark, she goes. And if you're starting to list and go and you're just not living right, don't say you are while you're going down. Just come to the altar and say, oh God, oh God, drifted so far, I've drifted so far. Let's stand. Walking in the Spirit means that we will, in partnership with God, do to the flesh. Now listen, do to the flesh what He has already sovereignly done to the old nature. We'll crucify it. That's what we are to do to this flesh, what He has already done on the cross. And live as if it is a crucified life. I am crucified to the world. Meaning what? I'm dead to the world. The world saying, come on, Joe, you drink more than all of us. You were the last one to leave. Come on. I'm like this. I'm dead to it. I can't hear them. What? I'm alive to Christ. Thank you, God. Thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you, Lord, for taking that stuff from me. Careful. The enemy is always there trying to get you. You start, the Bible tells you never look back. You start to start to He's going to get you. He's going to get you. Look, there's a lot of dummy down gospel. This is the raw, plain truth I can give you of what a Christian is. If the counter in your heart is saying, not you, not you, then all you've got to do truly is to come down here with a broken heart and say, God, please redeem my soul. And he will. <clears throat> he will. And the things of God will burst in your heart. That's how you know you're born again. Our altars are open. Please take this time. You're right with God. God bless you, but still come. 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 The days are evil. The deception is getting so hard. Come. Do not trust yourself. The one that I fear the most is myself.